Welcome to the What She Said podcast. My name is Candace Sampson. I am currently in the middle of divorce proceedings, working towards my psychology degree, dating for the first time in 20 years, raising three teenage girls, a senior dog, and two guinea pigs. And in the middle of all this, I thought it would be a good time to buy the What She Said media property. What could possibly go wrong? I've been in the trenches with women across Canada for over a decade now, oversharing on the Yummy Mummy Club, Life in Pleasantville, and on all my social media pages, and I totally do it for the gram. And now I'm coming to you on the radio at 105.9 The Region and on this podcast. Apparently, I have a lot to say. So let's get rolling. Joining me now is Lisa Thornbury, a wife, mom of two, and a former teacher who left teaching when her daughter was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder. She now works from home as a freelance writer and is joining me today to discuss how she is coping with the current circumstances with COVID-19, those being... Her parents have presumptive cases of them, and her daughter is highly vulnerable to this virus. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Hi, Candice. Thanks for having me. So you wrote an article on your um, website, Forever in Mom Jeans, and you wrote that you had a panic attack, uh, (laughs) a huge one, uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday. Uh, So let's let's unpack that a little bit. Um, What... What sort of brought all of that stress to the forefront for you? Uh, well, actually, thanks for asking. I actually wrote that right after it happened. So I literally was typing, typing, typing with tears because it was so fresh. But sometimes, as you know, as a writer, it feels good to just kind of get it all out. And I wasn't sure if I was going to hit publish or not, but I decided to share it just because if I'm feeling like that, there are probably a lot of other moms who are feeling like and dads who are feeling like that too. So, uh, yeah, I guess like everybody, my case is no different. It's stressful. It's uh, the uncertainty. Really, it does not. So I just want to interject a little bit when you say my case is no different. Yeah. Because your case is a little bit different, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I am currently in self-isolation too, uh, as are thousands of us across the country. Uh, However, my parents are fine. My children are not vulnerable. Uh, So your case is a little bit unique. So you are carrying some extra stress on top of this because you are a full 24-7 caregiver for your daughter. Mm -hmm. Parents have uh, presumptive cases of COVID. Uh, So I can, and you are, as it turns out, you just found out, are also at high risk. Uh, Yeah, with high blood pressure. And as I wrote my article, knowing that does not help lower my blood pressure (laughs) at all. But yeah, yeah, I guess it is unique. And those those circumstances are a little bit uh, extra. extra. Um, But uh, yeah, so I thought I had it under control. Um, And then I think yesterday was just a buildup. It was like, um, I talked to my parents and I'm worried about them. There are some other people in my family who are ill um, with other illnesses, but it still puts them at higher risk. Um, my son had to go in and talk to his boss. So he got his first job, which is awesome. It's at a pharmacy. Not so awesome. Cause I'm like, great. Send your firstborn to a, a drugstore during a pandemic. And you know? he's coming home to your house where yeah. your daughter is. Right. So, it- yeah. 
And it's a, it's a case of, yeah, he's a young, healthy guy, and he's not concerned about getting it, but even he is concerned about being a carrier and bringing it home to me and to his sister. And, and so he had to go and talk to his boss, who said, uh, totally understand, we'll see you after, which was amazing. Excellent. Amazing. So there's just a bit of stress around that. And then also, my daughter has an underlying heart condition, um, so her, um, her appointment, her yearly appointment was this Friday to get her Holter monitor and she gets an echo. And um, so that was canceled, obviously. So that's stressful to me because I'm thinking, when are we going to get rebooked? Um, and then she just recently had an MRI done at Sick Kids, and I would like to get the results, obviously, but we don't have access to that. So just all that kind of build up. Um, and so it kind of, this panic attack kind of came out of nowhere. And I just felt that like, if you've ever had one, I don't know. I haven't had one for years, but it's like this, weird spacey feeling and then I started to shake a little bit and then I was sweating and then I couldn't get a full breath of air in which makes it so much worse it just kind of accelerates the whole process and it almost brought me to my knees I was crying and I'm like what is happening and then it passed and then you know as a reasonable person I know that um PTSD has a lot to do with that. And so when our daughter was an infant, we nearly lost her. We, she had some critical um, events happen, several when she was younger. And so when stress like this happens, it kind of brings that all back up to the surface and um, panic attack. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit. Let's back up a little bit then to the beginning. So. Sure. Your daughter has a chromosomal, am I say chromosomal? I feel like I'm not saying that correctly now. You were to say it. She's weird on my tongue. It's a chromosomal <laughs> disorder, correct? Correct. And yeah. she's also a bit of a superstar because she is actually in, in the books, right? She's in a textbook. Yeah. yeah. She's a famous little person. So, <laughs> yeah. So, she has technically, it's called a chromosomal translocation disorder, which means that she has one chromosome that is deleted, like this, the end section is deleted. Where did it go? We don't know. It's gone. Um, and then another cro separate chromosome, the um, section of one chromosome has duplicated. And then that section broke off and migrated and attached to the missing section of the opposite. So they kind of crisscrossed and that duplicated throughout her chromosomes. And so um, because that's so rare, that combination, there are people who have that same deletion and that same duplication, but not that particular combination. Um, they didn't know exactly how that would present, um, but they did say some, some things like devastating, um, won't walk, will never speak, those kinds of things. So as you know, because you've met my daughter, she is talking nonstop. She gets that from her dad. And uh, she is not only walking, she's running, she's jumping. She, and she's on a cheerleading team. She's a flyer on a, on a, a world champion cheerleading team uh, um, with Power Cheer Toronto. And they have their own special ability squad. And they uh, actually are, were scheduled to compete at the Worlds in April, which of course has been postponed. Um, and they're representing Team Canada. So she is a little flyer. So she's the one that they're hoisting in the air and, no fear. She just loves it. Loves it. Okay. So when she was born and she was diagnosed with this, it sort of obviously changed um, everything. I would could I can imagine for you. Yeah. It, um, being pregnant with Avery was uneventful. Her birth was normal. She was healthy. We had no concerns. And then about I don't know a few weeks in, I said to my husband, 
God, she is such a good baby. She sleeps through the night. She never cries. She never asks to be fed. Uh, that's because um, she has um, part of her deletion is that uh, she doesn't have a feeling of hunger. So she was just basically losing weight. Um, not hitting milestones, and we went to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, and they all kind of said, one doctor said, oh, you know, you just need to relax with your baby. And I'm like, well, if you took a look at her, took her out of her carrier, that would be helpful. Um, but I can't really fault doctors because it's such a rare disorder that that's not something that they would look for. Um, but our family doctor took us seriously, so she sent uh, genetic testing away for us, and um, when it came back, we were actually in hospital. Uh, Avery was in hospital for about two months when she was an infant because she was failure to thrive. So we got the information and we were shocked actually. Yeah, so. Okay, so over the years um, leading up to this, obviously this, this why you are, have this heightened sense of, of, of fear, um, Avery's had several medical challenges. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. I mean, when, um, shortly after she was diagnosed, um, actually not shortly, it was about a year after, um, I put her down for a nap and, um, at that point we didn't really know what to expect. Um, medically we knew developmentally what they had said might happen. Um, they didn't actually mention seizures to us at that time. And I don't think they knew at the time that was a, a part of the chromosome three deletion. Um, so I put her on for a nap. I remember I was chatting on the phone and I thought, God, she's napped for a long time. So I opened up her bedroom door and I, I went in and she was lying very still. And um, I knew um, there was something wrong immediately. There was vomit in her crib and her lips were blue. And um, so I scooped her up and it was, it was so frightening. Um, she was unresponsive. She wasn't breathing. And so she'd had a, a status epilepticus seizure, which is a seizure that generally doesn't stop. They go on for 30 minutes or more. Um, and so I called 911. They came and they had to revive her. And that was obviously the source, the beginning of the PTSD, obviously. And um, we had several incidents like that. And so, you know, her brother was there when paramedics were resuscitating her. And it's just something that is always in the back of your mind. And so with this current um, situation, you know, I can't help but think if she has another seizure, if is an ambulance going to come or when our hospitals are overrun, will there be somebody available to see her? Because this is uh, an emergency situation that has to be dealt with like immediately. And this is exactly why we are stressing self-isolation at this point. And some people are just not getting the message. And I hope that by sharing this story, people will will empathize and understand why we are doing this. It is for people like Avery, who don't have a choice but have to go to the hospital mm -hmm. and potentially be subjected to this. So um, you mentioned that Avery had a seizure recently? She's had a few recently. So we're one of the lucky ones that um, her neurologist found a really good balance of medications early on that took those uh, life-threatening seizures uh, and took them under, they're under control. But she's still having seizures constantly. Um, underlying, but they are not usually breakthrough seizures. So meaning her, it's happening in her brain, but you don't see it outwardly. Um, but recently as she's going into puberty, um, God, uh, she, that can change the, the brain chemistry, which we've noticed that she's having absent seizures, which are, um, so she'll just be doing something and she'll just kind of stop and stare 
and you can't, um, she won't respond for a few seconds. Um, and this is the first time that she's had seizures that she's old enough to be able to understand that she's having them. So she had one um, not that long ago. We were sitting in the living room and she was on the couch and all of a sudden she just slowly tipped over and was just staring. And it, um, I freaked out, to be honest. I called my son. He came down. He's the level-headed one. And she came out of it after a few seconds. She sat up and she said, I'm so sorry. And she apologized to us. And she said, I just got frozen, she said. And those were her words to say that she could hear us, but she couldn't respond. So now she'll just say, oh, oh I got frozen again. So, okay. Well, yeah. so that is a good thing that she recognizes what's happening on. Do you feel that she has a fear of that? Oh, gosh, no. No. And we're so grateful for that because she, um, we always say, like, if we could just be her for just a day, because she, because, you know, she doesn't worry about things. She also doesn't understand the, the implications of what, what could happen, which, great, good. She just needs to be spared from that. But she, you know, she doesn't understand. She, I think she's more worried about her being an inconvenience or being, um, she said it feels rude, but she doesn't answer. Oh. So those are her biggest concerns. Oh, yeah. Avery. I just I would I just want to bubble wrap Avery right now. Ah, <laughs> As you're well, telling me this story. It's just, <laughs> you know, she's she's just so sweet. Um and I know this because yeah. I've met her, uh, but also um through reading stories that you've written and, and what you're sharing today. Um uh, so tell me about what life is like in your house now because your your partner uh is a teacher. Yes. Uh, he's a, a phys ed teacher. So he was already off. He's in the private school system. So he was already off a week before the regular schools, public schools. And now he's got an additional three weeks off. And, so sorry. Uh, so did the private schools close before the public schools? Sorry, no, because they get two weeks off instead of one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now, and so then they announced closures after the public schools did. Right. So, right. Okay. Pretty so, close. Yeah. So he's been off for two weeks now and um, we'll be off for another two. And then um, he, uh, who knows what'll happen, but he's thinking e-learning or I said, how does e-learning um, happen with phys ed? But he'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's a way where there's a will there's a way as we're all finding out we are finding yeah. creative ways to connect and to stay employed and to stay busy uh, because that's going to be crucial through this so your partner is home your son has been um, let go from his job and now and, and obviously you and Avery at home yeah. what does life look like now for you so are you completely shut in um, completely self-isolating we are. I actually did a, a Costco run and went to our local grocery store and picked up a few things here and there. So we are stocked up for uh, a while, although we are down to three rolls of toilet paper. Not going to lie. Stress. <laughs> Stressful. Um, we might have to go old school, however that looks. I don't know. I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> but my poor children, because my husband's a teacher, I am a, a teacher as well. Um, they are, we have a full like regimen. We're doing um, Thornbury school. Um, Avery is happily attending Sebastian, my older one, not so much, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's interesting though, because he's picked up his guitar. He's doing that. He's back to doing this animation stuff on the computer. Um, and we're playing out in the backyard as a family and going for walks you know, at a safe distance from others, of course. Right. So, yeah, that way. Okay, so um, tell me about a little bit about um, how Sebastian 
is dealing with this. Um, as a teenager, because I have teenagers, as you know, and mm-hmm. they are um, struggling <laughs> right now. Yeah, I can imagine because I've met your daughters and they're very social. So I bet that's very difficult. Whereas my son is a bit of an introvert. So it's not as big of a challenge. Although I heard him last night, he was on uh, some kind of chat and they were watching a movie together, all of them. Um, So yeah, it was really funny to hear their interactions and what they were talking about. They were kind of commenting through the movie and doing that. Um, But I mean, I think think that Sebastian... um, I, I don't know, but I mean, I think that his life, his whole life has been taking care of Avery. Yeah, it seems that, <laughs> that way. We take a bit of care of her as well, but no, yeah. he's very hands-on. And um, I mean, Avery, as you know, she idolizes her big brother and she always says, he's you know, Bastion's my best friend. Um, but I think a lot of siblings um, don't like have, uh, being pestered by their younger sibling, but he, they spend so much time together and, and he loves it. He loves it, and she um, she gives him his space as well, but uh, I think he's very responsible, and I do feel some guilt that he has been exposed to more adulting than a lot of other teenagers. However, I also see what a compassionate person he is and how um, protective he is of her, but also of other people. Like, for him to give up his dream job, which it really was, um, to protect the people around him and his, and his family um, speaks... Uh, speaks volumes and also I think he's going to make an ex dad one day. So yes, still have to hook him up with one of your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, Oh, where was I going with this? I had a question for you. Oh, I know what it was support. So, uh, yes. you must be in some support groups for parents, um, with children with special abilities. Have you all sort of, pull together through this to find creative ways to get through it? Um, What's sort of the general feeling? I think, um, well, I've always been involved in some groups, whether they're online um, and also um, through Avery's Special Abilities Cheer Team. uh, The moms are, we've all become really good friends. And so they're always somebody that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. Um, But because it's early days, I think we're all kind of just completely self-isolating and we haven't really given a lot of thought to next steps. But um, I do know that we've talked about having video play dates for our kids. Um, We're all, you know, they're always there to answer any medical questions or concerns, but I think we're all kind of a bit um, of deer in headlights at the moment. We're not quite sure, but I think we all agree though that our kids need to be isolated, which everyone does, but this is more of an extreme case. Well, your kids are why we are, should be self-isolating. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I hope everybody's getting that message. Um, Well, yeah, it's interesting because as I'm talking to you right now, um, I'm in front of a window, natural light. Um, I do see like a bit of action outside, but not as much as I have seen like the kids outside playing um, basketball. And so I don't know if I mentioned this already, but Avery was watching the kids out the window playing Foursquare. And um, she asked if she could go out and I had to explain to her, like, you can't because they're passing the ball back and forth, right? And she didn't understand that, you know, but now I see there's no four square going on. So maybe parents are reeling it in a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's difficult because they want to go out and play and um, where, what's a safe distance to do that, right? Well, I, I think... Um it's going to be hard for everybody, uh, but I know that Avery is, is an extrovert, very affectionate, 
this will be uh, challenging to, I would think, to explain to her that she can't be hugging people. Yeah. Um, and I think she gets it to some degree. I'll say, she'll say, um, oh, I can't go out because of the virus. And I'll say, what's a virus? And she says, it makes people sick. And I said, well, so she gets it to that level. Um, I think we're lucky because the four of us are together and because she has her brother and because um, her dad is so, um, he's a phys ed teacher. So who doesn't really want to be trapped in the yard with your phys ed teacher? There's like games aplenty. So yeah. we'll talk to me at the end of this and they'll be like, oh my God, I don't want to play dodgeball again. <laughs> I, want, I, I wish I could play dodgeball. That'd be great. It's quite, uh, aggressive. It's quite aggressive over here in the trampoline because you can't get away. <laughs> yes, true, true. Okay, so um, thank you for joining me today. Um, so do you have any sort of, have you come across any resources where you would um, recommend parents look for some support right now? Um, not specifically. I think I've been researching more about Avery's needs specifically. Um, the only thing I can say is that from somebody um, who has been a bit uh, panicky, uh, I'm trying to uh, limit myself from the news. So I did watch the press conference earlier, but I'm trying to like get a, an update in the morning, maybe in the afternoon. And I've messaged people to say, if there's anything like breaking that I need to know about, then let me know, right? Um, we're also doing... Um, my husband's very mindful, and so he's making us all—he's making us all meditate. <laughs> so I do find that helpful, and we're also doing family yoga, which I should really do a video of that because it's hysterical. So, and then my daughter, um, her trying to meditate because she's got a, a deviated septum, so when she's breathing, it's like a lot of, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, you're imposing on my zen. <laughs> but we're just trying to do all the things to kind of. Uh, Keep informed, but also not go to an extreme where you can't relax because, as you know, fear reduces your immunity, and we don't want that. And also, the other thing I'm trying to do, too, is maintain a regular bedtime and get-up time. I know it's March break, and yesterday I may have been in my pajamas all day. But um, if you get into that routine of getting up, getting dressed, going through your day, having activities to look forward to, I think it just keeps that normalcy, which I think we all need mentally. Yeah, this morning, you know, I got up, um, well, you know, because I texted you, I, I think I got up at uh, close to nine. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm usually up at five thirty, six o'clock. Um, and I thought, oh, this is, this is not good. So I'm, you know, I'm going to dial that back and make sure that I stick with my regular wake up time because I can see myself pushing to, you know, I'm just going to allow myself to sleep, which is not, which is not good. Right. Uh, it, it um, maintaining structure for myself, I think, will give me a sense of control over what is really uncontrollable uh, everywhere else. Yeah, totally. And exercise, may I add. So my gym, I go to uh, Orange Theory Fitness, and as most gyms have, they've closed, but now they're offering online daily workouts. So I need to put that in my schedule because that's another thing that really alleviates that stress. And, um, and I've been eating a lot of chips, so I need to balance it out. <laughs> Yes, I, and I did that as well yesterday. I had, um, you know, um, I had chips at like 11 o'clock in the morning, again. It's <laughs> a champions right there. But, you know, who's going to judge us right now? Absolutely. I, I would never judge you. Never. Um, okay, so I, I suspect that you're going to be writing a lot over the coming days um, and sharing with your community. So where can people find you online? Um, yeah, I've got some time on my hands, so writing is a great outlet. Um, you can find me at Forever in Mom Jeans, 
jeansgenetics, G-E-N-E-S.com, um, Instagram. There's a great video on there of my mom and Avery Macarena FaceTiming with one another. Um, and yeah, that's where I am. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. Stay safe. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.